Hey, I was just gonna be like, hey man, that's that's how twenty twenty one started. I'm ready. Fourth time. Let's third time. Underestimated and still I made it In the book of hard knocks, I'm highly educated Nobody told me, looked over, but still dedicated Played in the league for 13, I ain't gotta be favorite Two Super Bowls, Honolulu, I stood with the greatest The thing is this, if never rich, I'm good with my neighbors DB Precision, television, ain't ask for no favors Numbers don't lie, neither do pictures, just look in the papers No backing down or turning back, part two of the movie Never the biggest, but it takes more than two just to move me Ain't gotta like what I'm saying, just respect it, it's honest Run through opponents, watch the film, it's effective, I promise Sit back and grab your popcorn, watch me go to work And tackle all of these topics right here on Face First uh. Man, it's been a very long time since I've actually heard that song I'm glad Matt was able to find it in his email Because, shoot, we've been gone so long They deleted me from the system it's a good thing that you can't, like, actually delete people. I mean, obviously, we're in the, the cancel culture, so you can, like, cancel people, but you can't totally delete them, which is a good thing because if you could, I'd be deleted after 2020. Man, you know, Matt's my homeboy, and, and we got to work together a lot during the season again, which was fun. Uh, but I didn't – he kept asking me if I wanted to do a podcast. He's kind of, like, you know – really good in the business. And so being good in the business, he likes to see other good things done in the business. So he's like, RC, you know, if you ever want to do a podcast, you know, let me know. And I was like, nah, bro, I kind of don't have the energy. And, and it wasn't necessarily, I didn't have the energy to do TV or to do radio. I didn't have the energy to do, to do this in kind of the way I wanted to. And so what I mean by that is I actually started this podcast, not so it can be super big and, you know, so I can make money and, and all of those things, it was so I had an outlet to kind of share some things about me and things that I thought, things that I didn't get an opportunity to bring to the forefront on air because my producers didn't want it, my network didn't want it or, what it, or whatever it was, and just give them to you this way. Um, it was more so a release, but 2020 took its toll on me. Uh, like the, one of the last things, you know, we got to do here, you know, we, we, I did a Kobe a Kobe podcast, and, and that was exciting for me, yet sad, because the reason I was doing it wasn't a great reason, but I was excited to do it because I loved him so much. I loved him as a player, and I, I grew to love him as a person once he retired. I got an opportunity to speak on Colin Kaepernick and his opportunity to work out and what that meant not only for Colin Kaepernick in the NFL, but what it meant for his movement. And you get an opportunity to do all those things, and, and then when COVID hits, I was like, oh, kind of all I really want to talk about is COVID. You know, my, my mother gets it. And if I had anybody in the world who I didn't want to test positive for COVID, it was my mother. She had all these pre-existing conditions. And, she had, and if I had like a poster woman for who wouldn't survive, it was her. And I was nervous about that. And it was kind of all I wanted to talk about. And it consumed me. You know, and then you have George Floyd. You have Breonna Taylor. You have Jacob Blake. Like, those were the things that were on my mind. And I know that that necessarily wasn't what people wanted to hear me talk about. Or people who always say, you know what, sports is an outlet for me. That's not what they wanted to listen to. So I was like, I can't bring them that. And they don't want to hear that. And honestly, I talk about that all day. Whether it was giving speeches at LSU, giving speeches 
for Juneteenth, being a part of diversity surveys and presenting them to athletic departments, talking to softball teams and just trying to find racial reconciliation. Like that was what my energy was spent doing. Now, those were the things that I had to do. And honestly, the one day a week I worked on ESPN in the offseason, that was all the energy I had to give people. That was as many laughs as I could bring. And even sometimes, you know, I had the situation with Jordan when he, my son, when he encountered racism, even that stuff started to be a part of what I did on TV. So I was like, you know what? I'm not coming here and doing that. Like, I didn't want to do it. And so it was so crazy because 2020 and now the beginning, beginning of 2021 became about legacy. And I got confused, right? So I was like, okay, we always talk about legacy. So what the hell does it mean? And it's like, if you look up definitions, it talks about the past. It's, it's okay, like you could get gifts from the past and those things are legacy. Or I'm in a fraternity, I'm a Kappa. And so you can be a legacy, uh, who, who is a legacy pledge, right? Which basically means you're going to skate and you're going to make it. But you could be that guy or you can be someone who's going or attending a school, right? Like if, if Jordan would have been recruited by LSU, he would have been an LSU. And so you hear all these things. So you're like, why in the hell? Do we always talk about these athletes' legacy? Why don't we ever just focus on the present and kind of see and kind of see who they are now and just appreciate the junk? Because as soon as it happens, Drew Brees breaks the touchdown record. Okay, what is his legacy? Where does he rank? Matt Muscona getting mad. You know, and, and then, you know, Tom Brady does things and it's like, okay, where does that rank his legacy? I think Matt's I wasn't mad, huh? bro. You're the one who tried to get me in here comparing great quarterbacks of all time. And I told you it's like comparing supermodels. Stop asking me to put down Tyra Banks to prop up Cindy Crawford, all right? They're all hot. See, exactly. Don't right? go putting words in my mouth, RC. See, exactly, right? And that was what we came to when me and Matt talked about that. But then you look at what it was. And I'm just, I'm just going to go through it quick because I know we had it. You think about the bubble, right? The, the bubble has legacies of all kinds, like LeBron James' legacy is bigger because of the bubble. That's a hard championship to win. When Jamal Murray and Dame Lillard and Luka Doncic, because it's not it's not all the fanfare, the fans aren't there, the, the depth perception is different. We saw all of these amazing performances, but in the end, the same dude still won. The same dude still got his fourth championship. The same dude's in the conversation for greatest of all time because that's, that, that's who he is. right? And so he builds a legacy, but the other legacy built is the Milwaukee Bucks walking off of the court. And now LeBron James and the Lakers saying, as a team, we don't want to be here. We don't want to stay. So the NBA now building a legacy by saying, okay, we're going to give you certain things so we finish this. And then even finishing it is a part of going into a stinking bubble and you can't have family for a while and you can't do things that you normally do. That's a part of a journey. That's part of a story. That would be a part of somebody's legacy. That would be a part of the league. And then you even go to the WNBA, right? The, 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 the WNBA dealing with Kelly Loeffler and, and wearing Raphael Warnock shirts and then having that in the end result in a Warnock win in Georgia. Like all of those things are legacies that, that people built and those were things that happened in 2020. And oh my gosh, the freaking college season finished. Think about that. We're talking about college kids. Listen, I went to LSU, all right? And I'm gonna tell you, I talked to some people the other day, and I said, there's two things that I want you to remember about your college experience, right? When you talk about your college experience, at some point in the conversation, you should go, I cannot believe I'm still alive.
that mean you did college right? Then the other thing you should say, I also cannot believe that I am not in jail or haven't spent more time in jail because that's what college is supposed to be, right? Guess what? You can't do that if you don't go outside. And so we're thinking about COVID. I'm like, there ain't no way on God's green earth you're going to get 100 dudes that, be, that are between the ages of 18, 21, or 22 to stay their tails in the house and not get the COVID. But they didn't stay in. Some of them didn't play some games. But the season finished. Bruh, and guess what? It was the same dude again, right? Because when everything is equal, you feel me? It's like when everything is the same, like you got to deal with COVID. You got to deal with COVID. We all have the same issues. That dude is just hard to beat. And so again, Nick Saban, at the end, new teeth Nick, because when I knew him, he didn't have those teeth. New teeth Nick, right? And he's had those for a while. I know a lot of you who are just recognizing him and just starting to love him. You ain't know this, right? Wins again. Holding the trophy again. And I'm not mad because he's my favorite college coach. So I ain't really tripping. But it's the same thing. And now what happened? As soon as he wins, legacy. Right? But the legacy was going to be, and I listened to Matt actually talk about it a lot, was that they had three Power Five conferences that were like, hey, guess what? We finna play football, right? The one I played in, I already knew they was going to play football. That was not going to be a question. And they were really like, you can play if you want. We ain't really tripping because we playing. And that's the SEC, right? But you got the Big Ten and the Pac-12. They were like, oh, no, 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 no. We ain't playing. And then the Big Ten, guys like Justin Fields and, you know, like 12 parents that they just kept panning past a lot to make it look like a lot of parents were outside, started protesting, and then all that stuff happens, and then the Big Ten comes back, right? The Big Ten is back. So what the Pac-12 have to do? Oh, sheesh. We got a stinking play. That didn't really go well for anybody, but we got to the Final Four. And the Final Four, kind of other than Notre Dame that we was like, we're going to get anyway. And in the end, same dude won. That's how it happens. That's what it is. Saban's legacy is what it is. He's the greatest college coach of all time. You know, suck it. That's what it is. And so then we get to the NFL season, right? And the NFL season starts off kind of rocky, right? They have this moment of unity. We're going through all of these things and people boo. I actually had a dude tweet me about that. Very proud yesterday that he was one of those people that booed. I don't know. Go jump in a river or something, RC. Because blame it on RC. That's what, that's what we do, right? Just blame it on me. And so we go, we go through this season, and the season is crazy, right? Like Dak Prescott is playing on the franchise tag. The last thing we remember about him, he's sitting facing the goal line. The bottom of his cleats is facing the New York Giants sideline. Holy hell. And then we now know that Tad Prescott's Twitter page is actually Dak Prescott's burner page like KD had a burner. So it's different, though, because it's still Tad's. And I think he just goes, hey, Tad. This is what I'm feeling. Tweet something strange, and they're not going to think it's from me, but they're going to know it's from me because you're my brother. Right? And so I think that's dope because now they're talking about franchising him again. I think he's going to be like 38 mil or something ridiculous like that. And so now we get, to, we get to see the greatest game of money chicken in the history of money. Will Dallas still hold on to the fact that they only want four years and not give him his contract? And will Dak say, I'm going to play again 
under the franchise tag, even though the last time he played underneath it, we saw what happened. And as my little niece would say, he was crying when it was taking him off on the cart. Crying. Because that's what she's, that's what, that's what they said when they used to bring Jordan to the nursery. And when Jordan would be in the nursery, the little girl told her mom, Mom, it's okay. That's Jordan. He's always crying. And he was. Except for when I brought him. Like, he wasn't even tripping. That was crazy. He was ready to get away from dad. Right? And so, so we have that happen. And then you have Deshaun Watson, who plays on the all-time terrible team, who has one of the greatest years ever, and now he wants out. Why does he want out? Because that organization sucks. They know they suck. They're getting, they're getting so bad that Jamie Root, the president of the Houston Texans, resigned after giving that organization 20 years of his life. 20 years! And Captain America, y'all know what I'm talking about, J.J. Watt, Captain America, said he wanted out. This is a dude that I thought was going to sink with the ship. Y'all remember the speech like the second or third to last week of the season? He was like, folks coming in here and they don't want play and I ain't with that. This is a dude that played with a torn bicep, three-time defensive player of the year, five times all pro. He's like, please, y'all, please let me go. Just let me go somewhere that's better. Just better. Not here. This ain't going to work. And then, obviously, it comes out, and then people are tweeting me. I don't know how I, be got, I got to be the dude that everybody's going to tweet about, hey, you know, they won't let Deshaun Watson out, but they're letting J.J. Watt out. It's racism. No, it's not. One of those dudes has done all he could there. His life is over there. He ain't going to help him win no championship anyway. They're like, okay, you can go. You know what I'm saying? Like, if your spouse or your significant other did enough dumb stuff to where you're finally like, you know what? I've given you the benefit of the doubt now for so long that I now doubt that there's a benefit. You see what I'm saying? And so once you get to that point, then you can let people go. But Deshaun Watson, top five QB, 156 mil contract, they ain't going to let him go like that. So he's going to have to show them that he's not going to play ball or mysteriously come up with like a hamstring or back injury because those things are really hard to prove. And then they got to pay you still. And then they're going to get mad for paying you for having a phantom back or hamstring injury, and then you get to go. Right? And so, like, the season goes along, and, and we see all of these things. And then think about it now. Now, Russell Wilson. Go Hawks. Russell Wilson is saying things that were not written by a monk. Isn't that crazy? How crazy is that? Russell don't never say nothing. Y'all know Russ don't say nothing. Ever. Russell don't. It's, 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 you know why? It's because he got curly hair now. He is curly hair Russ. Curly hair Russ say, I am tired of this. Now, here's my opinion. My opinion is this. Russell Wilson has realized when we have conversations about Tom Brady's and Drew Brees's and Aaron Rodgers and now Patrick Mahomes, even Josh Allen to an extent this year, that he is no longer in those conversations. Like, you remember when the season started and it was like, let Russ, Russ cook, right? Let Russ cook. And for a little bit, he was like Blue Store Chicken that we have down here. So y'all don't know about Blue Store Chicken. Blue Store Chicken is the best chicken wings in the world. And now they got stores popping up anyway. What's crazy is the store is not actually named the Blue Store. It's like triplets, but the store was blue, and that's what people called it, right? So he was cooking like Blue Store Chicken. And then by the end, he was like churches when they run out of chicken. Right. Or he had a bocce at the beginning and we had shrimp fried rice and lo mein and all those things. And now we eat ramen. That's what it ended up being. Russ don't want that. 
right? He don't want to be Super Bowl Russ that manages the game and lets the defense win the game, and then we say, oh, but Russ played well too, but let's give the MVP to Malcolm Smith. I bet y'all don't even know what Malcolm Smith is anymore. Malcolm Smith's in Cleveland. He went to Oakland at the top for a time. He's in Cleveland. Y'all don't even remember that. That's what I'm saying about Russ. Russ is like, nah, man, y'all got to block for me. I need to be blocked for. And, I don't, and he didn't throw him under the bus by name. He just said the O-line needs to get better. And then later on, as he was talking, he remembered. He had to say that he needed to get better too. And then he said, you know what? Y'all need to holler at me about the people y'all bring in so we could talk about the folks that I'm going to be playing with. I like what Russ is doing, though. Didn't it? Stinking Russell Wilson. They asked Russ, was he on the trading block and would he be traded? What, what were they getting calls for Russ? Do you know what Russ said? Russ basically said, I'm so good, of course they are calling for me. That's what he said. That's what he said. When you go out every day and you prepare and you work hard and you work hard to win, people going to call for you. Russ, you is a lie. People ain't never called for no Drew Brees. And he was giving us 5K a year. You know why? Because they knew the Saints wasn't going to answer that call. They knew Drew wasn't trying to leave. Folks ain't called for Tom Brady. If they called for Aaron Rodgers, they just started this year because the Packers did something dumb and drafted Jordan Love in the first round. I know folks ain't calling Kansas City for Patrick Mahomes because they know he ain't going nowhere. But you're not in them conversations, homie. So they feel, let me slide in the DMs right quick and see what's happening. But I like what you did, Russ, because what you said was, if y'all don't do all of these things, I'm going to make y'all pick that phone up, answer some of these calls, and put a deal together. Take control of your, take control of your, of your life. Take control of your career. I ain't mad at that. I think more players should do it. But thing is, these owners, these GMs, they ain't going to like that. Came out today, Jeremy Fowler said, you know what? The Seattle Seahawks, they ain't happy. Could you imagine somebody not being happy with Russell Wilson of the past? Everybody loves Russell Wilson. Everybody. And now he's in conversations like Carson Wentz. You never want to be in a Carson Wentz conversation. That's not a conversation you want to be in. The I was once great. I was once lost, but now I'm found. Now they figured out that I can't play. And think about all these quarterbacks who got on the move. Stafford on the move. Jared Goff on the move. Todd McShay even said in his mock draft that the Panthers might trade up to three to get a quarterback. Think about how fast we're giving up on folks now. Teddy Bridgewater been there a year. They're like, you know what? Can't win a championship with him. Jared Goff actually took the Rams to a championship, and they said, you know what? Can't win a championship with him. Carson Wentz, same way. Bro, this league is chewing them up and spitting them out. And so if you're a quarterback, if you're somebody that can wield that power, then do it. Or even if you're Jalen Ramsey or Jamal Adams, don't those dudes look super happy now? That's the beauty of it. And then you do all these things, right? And it finally brings us to the Super Bowl. I got an opportunity last year to do a Super Bowl podcast, and it was like the best week ever. And then this year, we get a Super Bowl it was like the perfectly imperfect Super Bowl, right? Because if you pick two quarterbacks you wanted to have in this game, you wanted the GOAT, which is freaking undisputable now, and then you wanted Patrick Mahomes, who was doing things that we had never seen. Oh, let me say this about Patrick Mahomes, too. 
anybody who can watch that game and be like, oh, Patrick Mahomes sucked today, you got to be out of your mind. The man ran for 457 yards before throwing the football and had footballs hit people in the face mask and the hands, and they just dropped them. Now, they weren't going to win anyway, right? Because they got a football playing Jesse that plays linebacker for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Matt, did you know that Devin White was going to be that good? Yes. There's no way. Yes. He wasn't. That, he did was, you watch him at LSU? He was not that good at LSU, bro. He's a dude played running back in high school, man. I, Matt. He's, he's a running back built like that, bro. There was no doubt. In this NFL RC, he could defend sideline to sideline. It was never a doubt. And he's mean. And you see his arms. Why is he, so, arm, why is he is, so mean? He's so mean. He rides horses bareback. In people's bareback. In, in the people's stadium. stadium. He rode it through the quad at LSU. You know what? You're right. Never mind. They let they let Devin White ride his horse in the stadium and then through the quad, and then they well, let who him. Was going, they who let was going him to stop Super Bowl. him? No, nobody. Yeah, it's because there's no security. But there's big gates up there. Someone had to let him in. I'd have let him in too. I'd have let him in too. Tampa Bay, Tampa Bay was sure letting him into Kansas City's backfield and on their tight ends and running backs all day. And so, like, you get to this game and it's about legacy too, right? Because think about it: if Patrick Mahomes beats Tom Brady. With Tom Brady obviously having the better team. Patrick Mahomes had no tackles, right? One of his linemen at the beginning of the year said, you know what? I'd rather save lives and protect lives of humans rather than protect Patrick Mahomes' life. And he didn't say it like that, but it was like much more like dignified and super, super dope that he chose to go protect people during a, during a, through a pandemic, right? And so you have these things happen and you see Patrick Mahomes running around for his life the entire time. And then Tom Brady is, bruh, Tom Brady was on a team that he was the executive coach and player on. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers won the Super Bowl doing none of the things we thought that they would do when they got Tom Brady. We thought it was going to be no risk it, no biscuit, throw the ball to Mike Evans and Chris Godwin every play. They're going to put up 6,000 yards. He's not going to turn the football over, and they're going to win the championship. The best three offensive players outside of Tom Brady that day were Leonard Fournette, Rob Gronkowski, and Antonio Brown. All people who were either sitting on their couch or on a different team at the beginning of the season. Leonard Fournette is released from Jacksonville. Obviously, we understood why A.B. was at his house. And Rob Gronkowski had retired because he was tired of the Patriot way. Which, turns out, Danny Amendola said it was just Tom Brady. Now, remember this. The New England Patriots forever have gotten, gotten a lot of love because they would take, like, outcast or they would take cast-offs or they would take, quote-unquote, bad seeds and bad people, and they'd be productive. Remember that? Like, you know, like it was like, you know, you got Randy Moss and, you know, they would bring all these, you know, Rodney Harris, and they'd bring all these other people in, and they'd be great Patriots. Maybe that was Tom. Because Antonio Brown was a great Buccaneer. Leonard Fournette was a great Buccaneer. And those people do not go play for Tampa Bay if there's no Tom Brady. Think about that. They're there because of him. That's greatness. Antonio Brown is on the podium talking after the game, showing absolute deference, respect, and love for Tom Brady for how great of a man he is, how great of a mentor he is, and how much love he's shown him. Leonard Fournette, after the game, didn't say, I'm going to tell my kids 
that I won in Lombardi. He said, I'm going to tell my kids I played with Tom Brady. That's crazy to me. But he deserves that. You know, and I always get it. Oh, you just hate Tommy because Tommy beat you so much. Hell yeah, he beat us a lot. But I don't hate him for it. I think it's dope. He's one of my favorite quarterbacks. Same reason Aaron Rodgers is my, one of my favorite quarterbacks. When you play against a dude and you go, you know what? Wish that dude was the quarterback of my team. That's how you feel when you play those two dudes. That's how people felt when they played Drew Brees their whole careers. That's how people feel now when they played Deshaun Watson or you play Patrick Mahomes. I can guarantee you this. Every Tampa Bay Buccaneer would play with Patrick Mahomes. Even after watching him run for his life, almost be killed, be dejected, helmet on on the sideline, looking like Ricky Williams doing the interview, they would still play with him. They would still love him because they understood that now we know he has all this talent, but he's also tough as hell. And isn't that what you want? Now, there's another legacy I want to speak about, about that game, from that game, that I, I need to talk about. Um, I tweeted not too long ago about Bruce Arians' diverse staff, about the fact that he had three African-American coordinators, an African-American assistant head coach, a woman as the assistant defensive line coach, and also a woman as the assistant strength coach. And people were like, oh, my gosh, Ryan, why did this always have to be about race? First off, it starts with, thank you, Bruce Arians, who, last time I checked, super white, right? Can't get that sunburned if you're not white. Doesn't happen. Thank you, Bruce Arians, for hiring, right? Because it was about who he hired. Now, I understand he's had relationships with these people, and everybody's like, well, he probably just hired him because they were the best for the job. Hell yeah, he did. That's my point. Hire the best for the job. And it worked out. And absolutely, I know, it's because they had Tom Brady too. Duh. But Byron Leftwich had to learn to work with Tom Brady. Byron Leftwich had to understand that we can't be no risk it, no biscuit, because if we don't protect Tom Brady, he's going to forget that it's fourth down and be holding up a four when it's a three. Right? He's going to forget all those things. Actually, it would have been a five. Right? He's going to forget those things if we don't protect him. So what we did with Jameis Winston, that junk don't work. So maybe we should hand the ball off to Leonard. And then after we hand it to Leonard, we can get in the play-action pass. We can go 12 personnel with two tight ends and protect Tommy. And if we protect him, we might win this thing. Right? Or the fact that Todd Bowles had to realize if you leave Carlton Davis one-on-one with Tyreek Hill, we're going to see a lot of this right here, a lot of the peace sign. So he didn't do it. He didn't even travel him with him. He played too high safety, right? He let JPP put his finger in the ground and rush, right? Shaq Barrett, get off of the edge and go get him some. And we're going to play two high safeties, Every now and then, rob a safety, leave him free. Let him make plays. Like, that junk was dope. That was about coaching. And I don't think that every coaching staff should go this way. I just think it was dope that they did, so I brought attention to it. Right? Because then we watch these coaching hires, and they talk about pipelines, and they talk about setting people up for success and giving them opportunities, and then we hear coaches' names who we never knew who want hot names in the cycle, or we go pull Urban Meyer off a of TV because that's what we want. That's who we know. 
They made them decisions way before. The same way Jerry Jones had a sleepover with Mike McCarthy with the onesies. Mike McCarthy with the onesies with the holes on the back. So I guess you can just, when you get to a certain age, maybe you got to rush and you can just pop your holes off and use the bathroom. And so, and so now as we look at that, it brings me to the legacy of what Bruce Arians is now. Right, if, if Byron Leftwich becomes a head coach, that's part of Bruce Arians, right? If, if Goody, his assistant head coach, becomes a head coach, that's part of Bruce Arians. If these women get opportunities to actually have their own room, right? We were excited because we finally got our first female referee to referee in the Super Bowl, but she had to earn that, right? She had to do what she had to do to get there. I've also noticed no one ever argues with her over flags. We probably need like seven of her then. That way we can get through with these games and Tom won't tap his head every time somebody grazes his face like that. Right? And then you look at the inverse. Urban Meyer just hires Chris Dole. Right? If you don't know who Chris Dole is, he was at Iowa. He was accused of, of bullying players. He was accused of, 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 of saying very racially insensitive things. He was accused of racism by players there. And you know what he said? I've known Chris for 20 years. That was my point for pointing out what Bruce Arians did. Because it doesn't matter what you actually do if they've known you long enough. Doesn't matter what you actually do if you share a last name or if I coached with your dad or if I coached with your brother. And so when you look at a guy like Bruce Arians and what he decided to do, that's important to me, and that's why I pointed out. Not to praise what the black coaches did, not to praise what the women did, but to praise Bruce Arians for showing the world that it could work a different way too. Because we know that white males can do it. Shoot, Nick Saban's my favorite coach of all time. If I got a hiring search and Nick Saban is available, I don't care who you walk in there. You could walk in Eric Bieniemy. You could walk in Mike Tomlin. You could walk in Tony Dungy. They're going to just be Rooney Rule interviews for me. So it's not that I'm saying only black coaches can coach and every staff should look like that. I'm just saying I appreciate the fact that the staff looked like that and they coached the way they did and they won a championship. And so legacies change as it goes along. Bruce Arians' legacy wasn't what it was or, or it wasn't what it was, is two weeks ago as compared to what it is now. And when I finish, and now that I'm finishing, I want to say something. Uh, I dedicate this podcast and this episode to my uncle. My uncle's name is James Edwards, what well was, James Edward Clark Jr., which I didn't find out until I was like 13. Because everybody called him Ricky. Tell you the truth, I still don't know why. The people in Denham Springs called him Bro C. Because he was the oldest brother of the Clarks. And he was the most known. He was the most loved. He had the biggest heart. Um, and the rest of the people called him Sweet. Think about how great of a human you have to be for people to nickname you Sweet. My uncle picked up hitchhiker, hitchhikers. My uncle picked up. People we didn't know, uh, he cut the grass for all the older people in the neighborhood. He cut the hair of anybody who needed a haircut, and he fixed houses. 
He was also a preacher's best friend. I remember when I was really little, my uncle came to visit my parents, and we went to church in Jonestown. It's about around Gretna, Harvey on the West Bank. Uh, we were at St. Mark's Baptist Church. Uh, St. Mark's uh, pastor name was Pastor Hampton. He looked just like Pinky off of Friday. He had a jerry curl. Dark-skinned man, wore glasses, very handsome. My uncle stood up on the side and ran up and down the church screaming, Preach, preacher! Tell him, preacher! The entire time. And the more he talked and the more he praised Pastor Hampton, the more Pastor Hampton preached. We were in that church service for two and a half hours because of my uncle. And when they talked about him yesterday, they brought that up. His pastor brought that up. He was like, he was the greatest person to ever have in church because if you only had one of him, you had a pulpit and you had pews full of people. Because that was my uncle. And so yesterday, as it finishes, uh, we got to bury him uh, at the Memorial Cemetery at the military cemetery, and they fold up his flag, they hand it to my aunt. She starts to cry, I start to cry, everybody starts to cry. And then we just walk off once it's over. And that made me remember that we only truly live the dashes. Because yesterday wasn't for him. Yesterday was for us. Yesterday was for us to laugh about it, about things that he did, for us to shake, his, shake our heads, and knowing that if we lived like him, we'd probably have been mugged. But God knew that the world needed him for a little bit longer than he probably needed us. And so, after taking the break from this show and having 2020 be what it was and have to deal the way that I've dealt, I just want to tell y'all to live the dashes, man. And hopefully, at the end, whenever that day is, they can tell stories about you like they told about my Uncle Sweet yesterday. Y'all be good. Underestimated and still I made it. In the book of hard knocks, I'm highly educated. Nobody told me, looked over, but still dedicated. Played in the league for 13, I ain't gotta be favored. Two Super Bowls, Honolulu, I stood with the greatest. The thing is this, if never rich, I'm good with my neighbors. DB Precision, television, ain't asked for no favors. Numbers don't lie, neither do pictures, just look in the papers. No backing down or turning back, part two of the movie. Never the biggest, but it takes more than two just to move me. Ain't gotta like what I'm saying, just respect it, it's honest. Run through opponents, watch the film, it's effective, I promise. Sit back and grab your popcorn, watch me go to work. And tackle all of these topics right here on Face First. Uh.